You're smart. Your TV is smart. That's why you cut the cord. But you need one more thing. Alaska's news source. Watch live or when it's convenient for you. Here's how. Just search Alaska's news source on Roku, Apple TV, Amazon Fire, or Android TV. Install and enjoy. It's completely free and has everything you need in one spot. Breaking news. Statewide weather. In-depth investigations. Start streaming Alaska's news source live today. Welcome to this week's Watching Your Wallet from Investigate TV. Today we're looking at how professional scammers are impersonating the federal government, some advice for people entering the housing market for the first time, and when should you restart paying back those student loans. But first, let's talk taxes. Many Americans saw large tax bills this year, but if you want to avoid that next time around, here are some steps you can take right now. Rachel DePompa has the story. There are two ways that you can withhold money for the government, through a paycheck deduction, or you can make quarterly estimated tax payments. Freelancers, independent contractors, and small business owners who expect to owe at least $1,000 in taxes from their self-employed income are required by the IRS to make estimated tax payments. Now, folks who are retired and dealing with lump sums of money may also need to do an estimated tax payment. Michael Joyce with the financial firm Agili says you could do that on April 15th, September 15th, and January 15th before the end of the year. You can set up um, an online account at irs.gov and make, make payments that way, or you could just fill out a voucher, uh, which basically just has your name and how much you're paying in and your tax ID number. To calculate your estimated taxes, you will add up your total tax liability for the current year, including self-employment tax, individual income tax, and any other tax, and divide that number by four. Joyce says you also want to make sure that you don't underwithhold so that you have to pay a penalty. The Better Business Bureau and Federal Trade Commission said people lost hundreds of millions of dollars last year to scammers impersonating the federal government. Our consumer investigator hears from one woman who says she fell victim to a federal grant scam. It's horrible, actually. It's beyond sad. Alita McGriggs gets upset when she thinks about losing nearly $900. I had plans. You know, not to buy no car, not to, you know, like I had future plans. So it's horrible. It started when McGrick says an old high school friend she hadn't spoken to in years contacted her on Facebook. But what McGriggs didn't know, that wasn't her friend. It was a scammer on a fake account setting her up. The next step in the scam, an offer for a government grant worth $30,000. McGrick says in a text she was told to reach out to the man in charge. But during that first conversation with the supposed grant representative, McGrick says something seemed a bit off. The application was just some words on Messenger. Then McGrick says she was told to pay a $500 case file fee. So I asked them, okay, well, that's odd because you shouldn't have to pay anything for a grant. The person on the other end even showed McGriggs a copy of her certificate. McGriggs paid, but then 
another charge. McGrick says the representative told her she had to pay $324 for a delivery fee. I ended up sending it and I borrowed it from my son um, to send it. Like that is what broke. That's what really broke me. McGrick says the delivery never came. When she finally got in touch with the scammer hours later, she was outraged. They were asking for almost $4,000 more to release the funds. So that's when I sent them a, a text back and I said, oh my gosh. I said, I don't know how you sleep at night because now I know I've been scammed. McGriggs feels terrible, but the thing is, she's not alone. According to the Better Business Bureau's 2020 report, 44% of Americans encountered a government imposter scam. The BBB says, unfortunately, the numbers have only gotten worse. More than $445 million was lost to these types of scams in 2021, and that represents more than a two and a half times increase relative to 2020. Why? The BBB says people are using computers and devices now more than ever. So the digital age is certainly uh, making it easier to scale your operation if you're a scammer. So what is the solution? What can people do, I guess, to protect themselves here? Look up that agency, look up that contact information from that agency, see if they are, uh, you know, one and the same. Uh, do your due diligence on the front end so that way you're not playing cleanup duty on the back. McGriggs message. Some people feel like, oh, it'll never be me. And oh, I'm smarter than that. But yeah, I was the one. With this Watching Your Wallet, I'm Carice Jackman. Keep in mind, when you're dealing with federal grants, the BBB says real government agencies will not ask you to pay processing fees for grants you've already been awarded. Let's turn now to the volatile housing economy. First-time homebuyers are especially feeling the pinch, according to a new study citing low inventory and stagnant incomes. In this Watching Your Wallet, consumer investigator Rachel DePompa shares some advice for people entering the market for the first time. A new study by NerdWallet finds in the first quarter of this year, Homes were listed at six times the typical first-time home buyer's income. NerdWallet's Elizabeth Renter says there are two reasons. Prices are high, obviously, but also incomes are not keeping up with high inflation. You might not be competing with five other buyers right now because some have left the market due to high prices and others because of rising interest rates but homes are still going for above list price. Renter says if you are a first time home buyer, be aware of interest rates and how they affect your bottom line. Keep an eye on interest rates. One percentage point or even a fraction of a percentage point increase might not seem like much, but we're talking about tens of thousands of dollars over the life of your loan and possibly hundreds of dollars each month on your payment. She says talk to a real estate agent in your area before you even make up your mind about dipping your toes in the market. They'll be able to set your expectations as far as what the competition is like in your area. And in the end, you might decide not to buy this year, and that's okay too. You can wait out the market while saving up for that down payment. Federal student loan payments are suspended without interest until at least August 31st. This comes after several extensions by the government. Rachel DePompa has one expert's advice on when you should restart those payments. For two years now, the government's suspended federal student loan payments. 
They're due to start up again August 31st, but the government's been punting this deadline down the field every few months, so no one knows for sure what will happen at the end of August. Borrowers can still make payments to lower their debt. According to the most recent federal data, 500,000 borrowers continued to make payments during this pause. Now that's a little more than 1% of all 42.9 million federal loan borrowers. Michael Joyce with the financial firm Agili says, if you have federal student loans, continue to pause payments as long as you have the option and tackle those private student loans instead. Take the opportunity to pay those down or take the steps to pay those down so that when the deferral on the government supplied loans comes to an end that you'll be in better shape to make those payments at that time. If you don't have any private student loans, Joyce says to set aside a little extra money each month for the federal student loans so once they come back from deferral, you are ready and able to make payments. That way, it's not a shock to the system or your finances. Thank you for joining us on this Watching Your Wallet from Investigate TV. Like and subscribe to this podcast.